In this episode, I know I'll be talking about Doctor Who and Super Mario Brothers. Wonder. I'll probably be talking about some music and maybe some other stuff. Don't really know. We're going to play the first one of the year by ear. Year by ear. That was fun to say. On a different show, you'd get a professional intro. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you from a night in St. Louis where the weather is starting to change. It's finally about to be winter. We made it through Christmas. We made it through New Year's. We're actually going to have cold weather. We had a little bit of snow going into the weekend. We're going to have some more snow as the week goes on. It's uh, it's going to get cold. It's going to be like below freezing for a couple of days at least in the near forecast. It's It's finally winter in St. Louis. Just in time for nothing. Just nothing. Like the Super Bowl, maybe, next month, kinda. Uh, but uh, the, the just the Christmas is gone, New Year's... Like, the time of year where it's supposed to be cold is gone, and now we're into the time of the year that is also supposed to be cold, but a different kind of cold. You you know what I'm saying. It's, uh, it's finally getting winter in St. Louis, which I'm okay with. I like winter, actually. I'm, I'm one of those people. I like winter. I like you know, looking at snow and stuff, and... Don't even really mind driving in snow that bad if it's not, you know, like once the roads are cleared, I don't mind that snow is there when I'm driving. People, for some reason, find that depressing. I think it's kind of interesting. It's your, it's your town, but it's different, you know? Uh, but we're, we're, in a, we're in a night tonight where it's rain turning to freezing rain turning to snow, I think. Actually, I'm hearing sleet against my back uh, door right now as I'm recording this. I don't, uh, that's probably not picking up on the mic, but I'm hearing sleet. So if there's something in the background that sounds like someone's peeing, uh, it's God. God is peeing. God is peeing on my house. That's often how it feels. It feels a little bit like God is peeing on my house. I'm sure some of you have that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, weather's changing is all I'm saying. But yeah, we had Christmas, we had New Year's. I hope you had a Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. I don't care anymore. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And uh, I hope you have had a, a Happy New Year so far. Uh, my Christmas was, I was not in a very good mood. It was kind of, you know, I live with depression. Something happened and I was depressed for Christmas and New Year's. And I'm just kind of starting to come out of it now. But the new year is, has, uh, there's also cats running around behind my blinds, freaked out by the freezing rain, apparently. Uh, the, uh, the new year is so far not going perfectly for me. There have been some changes that have happened in a few things. And, like, my car is going to be going back in the shop. The check engine light is back on for some reason. It's driving fine, but the check engine light's on. So you gotta see about that. That's another probably two to five hundred dollars. I'm gonna guess for absolutely nothing, you know, for like something dumb that doesn't actually do anything except turn on the check engine light. That's probably what it is. That or it's the camshaft of my car, and I have to get a new car. Those are the options. That's those are literally the options based on the code that is pulling. So that's fun. Gotta take the car back in. 
not quite done with my Lord of the Rings watching for the year. I got behind on that. Like, the whole month of December just kind of snuck up on me. And I, I, I'm uh, in the... I'm in the appendices discs of the two towers. That's where I am, so I'm getting close to done. Because I started with The Hobbit. I'm getting close to done, but not there yet. It's been a little bit of a... Been a little bit of a trek this year. Been a little bit of uh, my own unexpected journey this year to get through the the series. That's how things are going with me, I guess. How have you been since the Fab 15 episode that Dave and I did? The Fab 15 albums of 2023. I had fun doing that one. I, I hope you all had fun listening to that one. It was a little long. I did just like one pass of editing. I usually do two passes of editing and just remove you know, nonsense a little bit and <laughs> kind of keep us on track a little bit. So it was a little long because I only did one pass because I wanted to turn it around in like two days to have it up before Christmas. Uh, but, you know, is what it is. The cats are suddenly very interested in the back door because of the sleet. I might have to pause and just see about this. Because they are, they are causing trouble. Jonko's actually been acting up quite a bit today. He's, he looked at me when I said his name. He knows he's in trouble. He's been acting up quite a bit today. He's been just uh, doing weird stuff that I've had to yell at him for. Just like every time I turn around, he's like grabbing at something that he shouldn't or trying to eat something that he shouldn't or pouncing on his brother in a way that's just not nice. He's in a, he's in a mood. I think he can feel the weather changing, and he has, like, seasonal affective disorder. Is that what it's called? Whatever that is. You know what it is. I think he has that. Like, animals get that, too. I think John might a little bit. He gets he's been, he's been, he gets grumpy in winter. He was grumpy a little bit last winter. He seems to be getting grumpy as this winter is starting to settle in. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe Maybe he's just being a cat, you know? Probably just being a cat. But uh, he's he, he's a good boy. He's just been acting up a little bit today. I had to yell at him a couple times. And, you know, the yelling is short. I don't, like, you know, <laughs> don't, like, dress him down for a half hour or anything. But it's just been one of those days. But, you know, this too shall pass eventually, I guess. Or it'll just get worse. It'll just get worse and worse until Donald Trump is president again. That's That, that seems more likely, doesn't it? That things are just going to get worse and worse until Donald Trump is president again and actually declares himself dictator, which he said he's going to do. And then, you know, we just don't have a country anymore. That just seems like what's going to happen. I've decided to be okay with it. I'm not going to vote for him. It's getting harder to want to vote against him with how Biden's doing. But, you know, I've just decided to embrace everything falling apart. I'm a big fan of entropy. So, this is a cheery start to the episode. Hey, if you like the show, you can check out the companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. You pretty much have to. It's a, uh, you have to like the show, and you have to check out emptychecking.blogspot.com by mandate of, uh, Emperor Trump. You have to, you have to do that. Like, I, I, I'm just gonna lean in. You have to do that. This is now an alt-right podcast, <laughs> and you have to, you have to go to the blog. That's going to be great for metrics. They, they want me to get this stuff in in the first 10 minutes for metrics purposes. This is the kind of shit you get when you push me. Uh, emptychecking.blogspot.com. There's, uh, that's, that's the companion blog. There are photos and additional information there. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com, who just sent me an email about monetizing this thing the other week. Uh, so there, there you go. Things are going great. 
Uh, it's available on all of the apps that you like to listen to it on. If it's not on the one that you prefer, please let me know what that is, and I will do my best to get it there. If you want to know more about me, and particularly my, my music career, if I can get a sentence out, go on over to DerekBrink.com. Lots of stuff to click on there. If you like the music that you hear throughout the show, you can go over and download it for absolutely free, or pay what you want, at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com. I don't collect your email. I don't know if you take it. Nothing tells me if you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. So go download it for free or pay if you want to. And if you want to email me, you can do that at db at derekbrink.com. I reply to everybody who isn't mean to me in their email. Hey, you know, I did a special upload a little bit ago. I don't remember when exactly. That was uh, just a quick promo that there's a uh, there's another site I should probably promote in this. I should like add to this list. This list keeps getting longer. The thing that I have to say keeps getting longer. There's another site. I built a new archival site. You can listen to the post. Like go to whatever app you listen to this on and it's there. It's not on the blog because I don't always put the stuff that I record on my phone. I don't always put on the blog. It's not re- really worth it. Uh, but this is kind of worth it. Fromthebrink.bandcamp.com. Spelled how you would think. Fromthebrink.bandcamp.com is my musical archive of bands I used to be in, going back to the 1990s. You got your Union Jack, you got Uncle Dick, you got Blue Tattoo, you got Two Hangmen, uh, you got a bunch of solo stuff. Uh, don't have the social gospel there yet, but I've got some stuff coming that's social gospel. Uh, lots of old stuff, archival stuff, live stuff, a lot of bootlegs, uh, old band practices, uh, lost albums. There's the lost uh, Derek Brink album, Pop Art Manifesto, finally lives there. The lost Blue Tattoo album, Wrecked, finally lives there. Uh, stuff you haven't heard in a long time. The Uncle Dick's album, One, is there. Union Jack's demo, Sex at Noon, Texas, which is a palindrome. That's why we named it that. Uh, it's not dirty. It's just a palindrome. Sex at Noon, Texas. That's there. Uh, Union Jack's first gig. Union Jack's last gig. We're just a, a bunch of my archival stuff and a whole bunch of old demos of me playing stuff on an acoustic guitar and yelling into a mic. That's uh, It's all there from the brink.bandcamp.com. Spend some time. Dozens of releases. Dozens of releases. Uh, just if you... If, you, if you're curious about what got me to here, it's all there at fromthebrink.bandcamp.com. And that's it. Just wanted to make sure I promote that, too. We're past the 10-minute mark now. The metrics people hate me because I, I dared to mention and promote a website after 10 minutes. But, uh, you know, fuck them. Uh, this is going to be a good episode. I hope you're having a great new year, and if not, I hope that this helps. I'd hold out this long Always said I plan to die by 25 But the longer I keep kicking The less I feel like screaming And it feels pretty good to be alive I got a little less anger A little less pain And a little less hair on my head I don't exactly think I'm more mature I'm just wiser And I'm better off than living life instead Dying when I said I would Checkmates, it's hard to know where to do this kind of a segment on the show. This is, this is maybe one of those things that should be a special upload. I'm, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. This is not someone that I knew personally, but I have to do I have to do an RIP thing, because this is someone that I met and whose work meant a lot to me. Um, those who listen to the, the 
streams and stuff. Um, I didn't promote this even on my social media or anything like that. It just it felt different. Uh, I did a special episode a little while back. Uh, a friend of mine had passed away suddenly in an accident, and uh, I just needed to say some things. So I did a kind of dark upload where I talked about that, and I talked about stuff going on in the world, and, you know, a little bit of music, a little bit of art. I think I lumped in, like, Matthew Perry and others during that, and it was a little all over the place and a little existential and, and whatnot. Uh, one of the things I talked about during that was that uh, my friend and I had really connected at a concert that she'd helped stage featuring a band called Madison Green that I was a huge fan of in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I said during that upload that I was going to go back and listen to the Madison Green stuff, and I, I did that very recently and had a really good time doing it. It's still really good stuff. It, it's Some of it leans a little bit, you know, conservative Christian, you know, for my taste these days, but still really good music. Um... And in listening to it, I thought, well, I wonder what they're up to now. I know that that band is broken up, but I wonder what the, wonder if anybody's still making music, you know? So I kind of Googled the band and found that there was a Facebook page that one of them had set up to just for memories of the band that has, like, virtually nothing on it. They, they sort of set it up and walked away, uh, I think, in 2019. And then the world ended, so who can blame them? Uh, but I, I kind of... I, I, you know, started following that, and there's nothing going on there. But I, I started Googling the individual members' names just to see if any of them did anything, you know, or, or were doing anything, I guess, as, as musicians. And I found out that uh, one of the singers of the band, which had multiple singers, uh, one of the singers of the band, uh, her name was Melissa, uh, had passed away in 2020. Uh, two years younger than I am. She was two years younger than I am, which is, uh, uh, that's always sort of sobering to hear when someone younger than, than you and that close to you in age especially passes. Uh, don't know, don't know what she died of, don't know what happened. Uh, obituaries typically don't mention that kind of thing, which I, I understand why obituaries don't mention what the cause of death was. I often feel like they really should, because it's difficult to really get any closure without knowing what happened, you know? But I don't know what happened. Uh, she left behind a family, children. She was a mother, and uh, apparently a very proud mother, reading through the obituary. And that made me sad, because I, I really liked that band, and I really liked her voice, and but it made me sad because I, I had met her several times, actually, throughout my following of Madison Green. Uh, who were from Detroit, which is one of the first things I think of when I think of them and when I, I think of her, uh, which I do from time to time. You, you know, people and, and bands and things pop into your head. Uh, because I the first time I met her, she was working their merch booth at the Cornerstone Music Festival, festival back when Cornerstone was still running. Um, and she was there, and she was working the booth with her mom. The band had her and two of her brothers in it, and then I believe a husband and wife couple that were also in the band. Um, but she, so it was, it was kind of a family thing, especially on her end. Her, her mom was even helping her run the merch booth, and I think her, I think her dad was you know, schlepping CDs you know, in the background. Uh, but I met her and I met her mom, and uh, 
just making polite conversation, I asked her, so where are you guys from, by the way? And she said, Detroit. And she pointed at her hand. And I said, what, what, what was that? Why'd you point at your hand? Because I didn't know then, and I learned from her that day, that Michigan, at least part of Michigan, is kind of shaped like a mitten. If you look at it, it's kind of you can kind of see where a hand would go into the mitten of Michigan. And you can sort of use your hand to point to the major cities in Michigan. So she taught me where Detroit was in Michigan the first time I met her at the merch booth. And uh, that was, you know, you know, that's in my head forever. Like, I, I, I've taken multiple CPR classes, can't remember a thing. If anybody in front of me needs CPR, they're going to die. But I remember how to find Detroit on my hand because of Melissa. And uh, I met her a couple other times after that, and including the show that they did in St. Louis. And she was always... I mean, she would have absolutely no remember, no memory of meeting me. She would have no reason to remember meeting me in any of the times that we did. It was, you know, she met a bunch of people doing what she did. And it was, it's been years and years. You know, I'm not, I, it's important that to not incorrectly define the relationship there. We weren't friends, you know. But uh, I met her a number of times, including in St. Louis. And she was just always so fun and had such a good energy and was so you know just drew you to her she was just one of those people that drew you in into what she was doing and saying uh she was just just fun and upbeat and happy and felt so vibrant and so kind in how she dealt with the people that came up to her i mean maybe a little bit of it was oh you're a fan i got time for you you know but I don't know. I think she was just a nice person. And she had such a powerful voice. She just had one of those really big voices that, to look at her, you might not have guessed it. But to see her on stage, whew, wow. You know? And she's she's gone. She's been gone for a few years now. And I I just learned that very recently. And it tugged on my heart for a lot of reasons. I just needed to take a minute here and... Um, I don't know what services their music are, might be on. I've got CDs, you know, but maybe Google Madison Green, and if you find them out there, give them a listen. G-R-E-E-N-E, -E -E, there's a you know, E at the end there. Uh, maybe give them a listen. The woman singing the loudest was Melissa. Uh, and she was a she was a kind person who I'm very sad to hear is gone. So, uh, not that any of them are ever going to hear this, but to her family, to her friends, to her fans, like myself, and just to say it out there into the universe at least one time, rest in peace, Melissa Blair. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing that. I got myself a velvet
Well, checkmates, let's get a little bit happier than that last segment. Let's talk about something that uh, brought me a lot of uh, a lot of joy, a lot of happiness, a lot of pleasure. Let's talk about the Christmas Day Doctor Who episode that aired on Disney Plus here in the States. That is apparently now the home of Doctor Who here in the States, which might explain the musical number in the episode, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, there is one last kind of special before we do the Doctor Who series, the new Doctor Who series featuring uh, Shuti Gatwa, uh, which, again, if somebody knows that I'm pronouncing either part of that incorrectly, I got it off of a Facebook page that isn't actually connected to the show, but they seemed really sure that it's pronounced Shuti Gatwa, Gatwa, pardon me, uh, especially if I'm mispronouncing the Shuti, uh, please let me know. I want to I wanna get that right, and I haven't heard him say it. And for some reason, that's hard to Google. Uh, so let me know if you know that I'm wrong. I mean, no offense. But we're, we got our first full episode of uh, Shuti's Doctor. Doctor uh, uh, 14? Is that right? Hang on. It's, uh, 12, 13. Yeah, 14. Uh, at least in traditional numbering. There's Doctor offshoots and whatnot. The, the war Doctor is in there and fucked up everything and the numbering and so on. Anywho, we got uh, our first full episode with him on Christmas Day, and it was a Christmas special, which the Christmas specials are always kind of campy and a little bit more, you know, fun and lighthearted and silly, and this one was definitely in that world, but it, it still had its drama, it still had its, you know, sort of action to it. The episode in general, I mean, you know, it's a little bit just introducing the new Doctor, introducing the new companion, making the two of them meet and end up fused together, as happens in every Doctor Who iteration. Uh, that's that's basically what it was, and, you know, it's fine. But the new companion, whose name is Ruby, I think? Is it Ruby? I think it's Ruby. Uh, I gotta Google that. A new Doctor Who companion is... Ruby Sunday, that's her name. Oh, God, you just know at some point when she leaves the show, they're going to sing, bye-bye, Ruby Sunday. You know that's going to happen. That's going to fucking happen. I'm, I, I'm a prophet, and I know these things. Uh, just watch. A couple years from now, that's how she's going to be written off the show. Someone's going to sing, bye-bye, Ruby Sunday. That's going to happen. Now that I've... Now that I've seen it and thought of it, I'm mad. But anyway, the the episode was fun. Uh, they introduced Ruby. And Ruby is part of a foster family. And the basic plot of the story is they bring in a new foster baby. The baby gets stolen by goblins to be eaten by the goblin king. And the doctor and Ruby uh, have to stop that. That's it. That's the basics of it. It sets up more stuff for the future. But that's that's the basics and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, look, there was a Goblin King involved, and a, 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 an evil Goblin King, and there's really only two ways to deal with the Goblin King. You either Hobbit the Goblin King, or you, uh, uh, Jennifer Conley the Goblin King. You labyrinth it. The, th those are the two options, and the first effort that they made is they tried to Jennifer Conley it, they sang at it. Uh, there was a song and dance number. There were actually two song and dance numbers in it, which, frankly, I could have done without, but it was fun, and it was a Christmas episode, so I'll forgive it. Although, again, a little worried that now that it's on Disney, they may have a singing requirement. We may be looking at Doctor Who the musical, but let's hope not. Uh, yeah, so we're... That's just sort of where we are 
right now. Uh, they, they, they threw a Jennifer Conley tactic at the Goblin King, and that didn't work. They got the baby back for a minute, but then the Goblin King and the other goblins resumed efforts to uh, eat the baby. It's not a clean way, not a, not a, not a, not a, not an unsettling way to, to say that, you know? The goblins are going to try to eat the baby. And uh, at that point, they then hobbit it, uh, which, <laughs> you know, works a lot better. So, uh, and at the end, you know, the, 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 the Ruby, Ruby Sunday, is, uh, walks toward the TARDIS and gets in the TARDIS and, you know, wow, I'm going to go away with the doctor for a while. And there's this old lady neighbor who uh, is looking on. She was introduced early on. And it's, it, it was interesting because it was the actress is named uh, Anita Dobson. And Anita Dobson is known to people who like British TV. She's just one of those names. She's been on EastEnders and so on, and which I actually thought was, uh, when I saw her, I thought, oh, that's clever, because the only thing I knew about the actress who plays Ruby Sunday was that she had been on EastEnders. So I thought, oh, they're just doing a cute little tie-in there, and that's going to be the end of it, you know. Uh, but no, at the end of that episode, the Anita Dobson character, who's known as Miss Flood, uh, looks direct in into the camera as though talking to Ruby and says, what's wrong? Never seen a TARDIS before. And you're left going, ooh, who's she? What, you know. And, uh, there are a bunch of theories going around on the internet. I'll tell you my personal favorite. There are people who are thinking she's a new incarnation of the Master because the previous special episode ended with the tease of the Master being revived. And uh, there, so there are people who think that. There are people who think that she's another iteration of the Doctor. My theory, which I've also seen others state, so I can't claim full ownership of this because I didn't write it anywhere or say it early enough, but my theory immediately was, oh, Miss Flood. Amy Pond, River, Song, Miss Flood, Water Names. I think she's another incarnation of River, is my guess, because we know that River was able to regenerate at one point. Read up in, on your Doctor Who lore. What can I tell you? I, I think that's probably who she is. But that's just a guess at this point. We won't know for a while because the new season doesn't start airing until May. I gotta sit around being crazy until May wondering who Anita Dobson is. And probably longer than that because that seems like the kind of thing that, that they're not going to pay off until the end of the series. It was great. I loved it. It made me really happy. The Doctor is having fun again. It's a, the, the, the singing was campy and way too musical-based. I, I, I could have done without the singing. Didn't need that part. But the Doctor, in general, is having fun again. The Doctor hasn't had fun in maybe a decade. Eleven had a little bit of fun here and there when he remembered to, but he, those stories got really dark. Capaldi's Doctor, 12, got really dark. Jodie Whittaker's do Doctor, I don't know that there was a happy story in it. Shuti Gatwa's Doctor, Doctor 14, is having fun. He's having fun! It's so great to see the Doctor having a good time again. God bless you, Russell T. Davies. I had no idea how much I missed you until you came back. You know that old thing that they say in, you know, 
things like wrestling is how can I miss you if you won't go away, you know? Go away, learn a new hold, come back, they'll love you. That's sort of a wrestling thing. I like wrestling. That uh, Russell T. Davies went away, learned a whole bunch of new holds, came back, and God, I've missed him. And I love him. I'm so excited about Doctor Who right now. I haven't been this excited about Doctor Who since I don't know when. And it feels great. And here's the thing. I liked Peter Capaldi quite a bit. I liked uh, Jodie Whittaker. Not as much at first, but she really grew on me. Like, her second season nailed it, and it was great from then on. But I haven't been this excited in a long, long time. I can't wait until May. I mean, I can in a lot of ways. There's a whole lot of stuff that's going to happen before May that I... I really don't want to rush. But as far as Doctor Who goes, come on, May, get here fast. Also, my birthday's that month, and that's usually an okay time. So that's it. I really like the Doctor Who Christmas special, and we're going to sit, and we're going to wait until May, and then I'm going to yell at you about how much I love that. That's how this is going to go. In the meantime, I'm going to see if there's a Blu-ray release of the specials. Hopefully there is. Hopefully the fact that they're on Disney doesn't mean that they're not doing Blu-rays anymore. We'll see. I don't like the way the world is changing, moving away from phys physical media, because they can just take that away from me at any time. But physical media, you've still got it. Anyway, Doctor Who was really good. Let's uh, play some music, and then we'll talk about something else. might know I'm a little bit of a gamer. I hesitate to call myself a gamer, though, because I don't game that much. Like, I don't buy all of the titles that you're supposed to buy and like and stuff. But I, I play the stuff that I want to play, and I have fun doing it. I, uh, the last time I talked about gaming to you was probably the last game that I played, which was The Legend of Zelda uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, or whatever. Which, at the time I reviewed that, I really didn't like that much, and I was pretty vocal about uh, I kept playing it, I beat the game eventually, and I just started running around doing the nonsense side quests, and that I actually enjoy, because that's just Breath of the Wild again. Which, you know, still leads me with the question of, uh, or leaves me, I said lead, still leaves me with the question of why don't I just keep playing Breath of the Wild then, but you know, whatever. But I ended up having a lot of fun playing the side quests and stuff, so I've I've softened on that game significantly since then. I still think there are major story problems. I still think the main story is just dumb. But I seem to be the only one who feels that way, so whatever. You can find that in the archive and listen to me yell about how I think the story's dumb. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, I said it doesn't matter whatever twice just there. Again, I got on a, like, the record skipped. The record in my brain skipped. Boy, that would really end up making a lot of sense if what's happening in my brain is just a really shitty 78 with a bunch of skips and scratches in it. And it's a 78, so like they don't really make players that do that speed anymore. That that's a that's a really apt metaphor for my brain. I've been playing Super Mario Brothers Wonder. 
I, uh, I got it for Christmas from my dad. He gave me Super Mario Brothers Wonder because I asked for it. I was like, hey, if anybody wants to go nuts, this is $60. And uh, he, he, he got me that and and because uh, he knows I love Mario. Big Mario fan. That's what got me back into gaming, you may recall, is I had been away for years and years. The last system I had was the N64. And uh, then they came out with the Switch, and Super Mario Odyssey looked like so much fun. And I was like, oh, I love Mario, and I really want to play that, and I, I think I'd like a Switch. And, you know... I dove back in. There's also a PlayStation sitting in the house. Uh, I'm thinking about getting an Xbox One here in the next year or two, just because Xbox has Fallout, and I like Fallout. Let me let me know your thoughts on that at db at derekbrink.com. But uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is the game we're talking about. Uh, got, uh, got that, put it on the Switch, started playing it. It's different from Mario Odyssey in that this is a side-scroller, again. You go, you, just, you run from left to right, and you grab coins and jump on stuff. You know, it's classic Mario kind of settings. But you can really tell, and I've actually heard that this was confirmed, you can really tell that presumably Shigeru Miyamoto uh, went to the designers and said, look, keep it on model, but just do whatever you want. Have fun. Like, if you have fun, they'll have fun. Just have fun. Just have a good time. Create a bright fun, happy game, and let's let's all have a good time with Mario. Like, you can tell that that was the directive, and they nailed it. It's perfect. It's wonderful. It's the most fun Mario side-scroller easily since the original three. Uh, it's I, I think it's a little bit easier than the original three, especially easier than three. Three is... I, I'm still not sure I've ever actually beaten Mario Bros. 3. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3. I, I, I still might not have actually beaten that. I've beaten 1 and 2 a bunch of times. I always, I always really liked 2, even though it wasn't supposed to be a Mario game. You can Google that if you want to. Uh, but this one is easily the most fun side-scroller since then. Like, the Super Nintendo one I didn't care for. The uh, uh, Wii release was fine, but I felt like it missed the mark. Etc., etc. This has all of the joy and whimsy... And only parts of it are frustratingly hard, and you can actually kind of avoid those parts if you just want to advance in the story and play the game. Uh, it's a, my, my one criticism of it is it's probably a little bit short. I think there are six worlds, and normally there are eight, so I don't really know what the decision was there. But, okay, if my only criticism of a game at this point is, well, I was done with it a little bit quick. That's not a criticism for me. I'm 43 years old. I don't have 150 hours to put into every game. Like, not every game can be Zelda, or even Mario Odyssey, where you put in just a shitload of time trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. Sometimes you have to get out of an open world, back into a side-scroller, and just have a good time for a little while, and put out a game that you can beat relatively qu quickly. I think I've only got about 10 hours into the game aggregate. That's you know, over the course of what, like almost two weeks, not, not even two work days, not even a work day and a half is all I've got into it. Not even a work day and a quarter. I've, I've got about 10 hours into it and I beat the game, you know? <laughs> and here's the thing. Now that I've beat the game, I'm going back and doing some of the stuff I didn't do before and doing some of the hard levels and having fun with, with those, you know, that's, that's all you can ask out of a game is I'm done playing it, but I'm still playing it. That's all you can ask. That's a great time. 
And it's beautiful. It's so bright and happy and cheery looking. And everybody, like all the characters, look great. And you have a bunch of options for which characters to play as. And they change a little bit based on, like, your skill level. There is a character for your skill level. Like, the Yoshis don't take damage from enemies. They, like, they can die by falling or by being crushed or whatever. But you bump into a Goomba, you're not gonna die if you're Yoshi. You know, like, there's, there's, a, there's a character for all of your skill levels. You know? Personally, I always play as Luigi. That's my go-to in the Mario games. I'm a Luigi in the Mario world. I like him. He's overlooked. And tall. <laughs> I, I want to play as Luigi. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so yeah, I beat the game as Luigi, and I've been having fun going back to... You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. A couple of the really hard levels... I've selected Yoshi, so I don't have to take damage. Because that's fun. It's fun sometimes to just have a cheat code and get to run around and jump on stuff. That's, that's really all I want of a video game. And that's really all it is. It's Mario. It's a Mario game. You get to run around and jump and collect stars and things. Or, in this case, wonder seeds and royal seeds. Whatever. You get to collect stuff, and you get cool, weird power-ups. You can, I mean, the standard firepower and whatnot, but you get to turn into an elephant. You get to turn into, like, Elephant Mario or Elephant Luigi, in my case. Uh, or, like, I, I saw on a Let's Play, I saw Elephant uh, Peach and Elephant Peach when she, like, goes down a pipe or whatever. It's wearing little bloomers, and I think that's kind of funny and cute. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, they just nailed it. They just nailed the joy and fun and happiness that you want Mario to be. Because it's so easy to not nail it. There have been a bunch of Mario games that haven't nailed it. Odyssey did a pretty good job of nailing it. But even some stuff in Odyssey was a little bit, little bit darker than it needed to be. You know, this one's just pure fun and happiness and joy. Even the final Bowser fight is just kind of goofy, you know? And I loved it. I loved it. It was such fun for me to play. Like, this is, this is a game that is designed for the very young who need a game that's a little bit easier to play, but that's going to get them into platformers and that, that whole world of Mario. And it's also designed for guys like me who grew up with the Mario franchise and now just want to run around having fun jumping on stuff. You know? In a side-scroller. If you want to run around jumping on stuff in 3D, you got Odyssey. You know? And I would love to see a sequel to Odyssey as well. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm still. I completed it, but I'm still having a blast with Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So if you've been on the fence about that, maybe get off the fence about that and just buy it. Because I've had a really good time. And I suspect, if you're anything like me, you just might too. It's been great. It's been, if I may, wonderful. Sister Myrtle drove the school bus Took us home every day She didn't like that devil's music And if she caught you listening to it She took your headphones away Sister Myrtle went to the Southern Baptist Church Could name in him and she'd know all the words You know what, roommates? Roommates? Checkmates that's, that's what she, you know what, checkmates? I'm not editing this. You know what, checkmates? Uh, I think I'm gonna uh, just kind of call it here.
I was going to talk about some music. I had some music that I, I just sort of missed in 2023 that I wanted to talk about a little bit, but I, I think I'm going to hold off on that until next week. We'll have a short one for the first episode of 2021. Four. 2024. What is happening? <laughs> I, I need to get some sleep. Uh, we'll, we'll have a short one for the first one of whatever year this is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm also not sorry, because that, that made me laugh. All right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of, uh, clearly, I need to stop. <laughs> but I think next week, a little, uh, little preview, little preview next week. I don't often do that, but I think next week, we're gonna talk about stuff that I missed in 2023. And we'll have some music in there, we'll maybe have a movie or two, stuff like that. We'll talk about stuff that I missed in 2023. I think that'll, that has the potential to be a fun episode, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Answer me. All right, well, that's just your opinion, man. But we'll we'll talk about... I just, I just did a fucking Lebowski thing. Sorry. You know, I don't even know that I've seen all of the big Lebowski. I didn't... Like, I'm the guy who started watching that and went, this is for people who enjoy pot more than I do, and just sort of moved on, you know? And I just, I just did a that's just your opinion, man, thing. Sorry. Look, uh, we'll get back together again next week uh, after this breakup that we're about to that you that you are having with me because I haven't seen all of the Big Lebowski and I didn't care for what I did see. Uh, well acted. Nothing specific against the Cohen brothers, except I feel like they have reached a point where they walk around in a mood more than they do a plot. Hot take on the Cohen brothers who I don't think are doing anything together anymore. Maybe they're, maybe they're tired of each other. I should, I should Google that. I should figure out what happened to the, the Cohen brothers. One of you out there could probably tell me. I have a friend called Josh who listens to the show that might ambush me to yell at me about what happened to the Cohen brothers and give me a lot of information that I didn't have just because I haven't been paying attention. Again, it's not anything... It's not that I don't like them, I just don't pay a lot of attention to them. And the stuff that I like by them, I really like, but otherwise I'm just kind of like, yeah, that was a movie that I saw. My favorite is probably Inside Lewin Davis. That might give you a window into how I feel about the Coen brothers, which is one of those movies that has no plot. They just walk around in sort of a mood and a, a, a space, like a time frame, <laughs> like a period in history, music history specifically. I think that's why I liked it. What the hell was I talking about? Look, we're gonna we're gonna stop, and uh, we'll do a new episode next week of stuff that I missed in 2023, and I think that's gonna be fun, at least for me. For the rest of tonight, I'm gonna sit down with my cats, and I'm gonna pet them, and I'm gonna read Getty Lee's autobiography a little bit, because I bought that for myself after Christmas, because somehow nobody bought me, of all people, Getty Lee's autobiography for Christmas, even though it was on my list. That's the thing that nobody... Because what, what everybody did was, eh, he'll buy that for himself. And they were right. The second Christmas was over, I bought Getty Lee's autobiography for myself. Uh, and uh, I've read the first chapter and have enjoyed that so far, and I'm going to read more of it. 
And you know what I what else I did? I uh, bought new strings to put on my Getty Lee Signature Series bass that I bought back in 2019? 18? 19. The, the, anyway, I have Getty's signature bass. I bought new strings. The strings that I bought are uh, Steve Harris of Iron Maiden's signature bass strings. They're rotosounds, so I felt like that was in keeping with Getty's tradition, but they're flat-wound. And I put those on there, and I went, wow, why don't I play with flat-wound strings all the time? So that's going on, too. I have Steve Harris's signature strings on Getty Lee's signature bass. I should probably, like buy, I, I don't know, Billy Sheehan's signature ramp or something like that. For the four of you who are bass players, that was riveting. Okay, uh, thanks a lot, Checkmates. I appreciate you putting up with me. Even in a shorter episode, I still derail very easily because I don't sleep anymore. And I've been recording this one while drinking. I'm, I'm drinking wine. I'm drinking a uh, Moscato that I had left over from New Year's. It was still here, so I'm drinking it. That's, that's really all there is to this. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what brand, because frankly, I'm a little bit embarrassed, because I can afford better wine, but I didn't, I didn't buy better wine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to call it here. Uh, thank you so much for making me part of your week for some reason. Please remember to do whatever keeps you happy, healthy, and safe. Please remember that black lives matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, please be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. It's a me!